Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Quarantine. Today, we're going to do a short episode on Gloria Steinem. We are planning to have a longer episode about the ERA in the near future, so this is just a short, almost teaser to that, and we won't be going into too much detail when it comes to what the ERA is today, but we will do that in the future, of course. Please enjoy, but first, let's begin this episode with one minute of headlines to update you on the world around us. U.S. News. 1. NBC News started off this Tuesday by stating a black man, 23, died in police custody in Colorado. The governor vows state review. 2. The Hill reported Trump campaign sues Democratic super PAC over criticizing coronavirus response. 3. Earlier today, Mercury News claimed Oakland School District to eliminate its police force. World News. 1. BBC News informed readers that coronavirus warning after a major incident declared in Bournemouth. 2. NPR published thousands of child soldiers died in the Korean War. Survivors want more recognition. 3. The Washington Post discussed how world record lightning megaflash in South America. Um, 440 miles long and it was confirmed by scientists. Business News. 1. Chuck E. Cheese files for bankruptcy, claimed Polygon. Science News. According to Space Flight Now, launch of NASA's Perseverance Mars rover delayed to July 22nd. Other news. And finally, Good News Network informed us that people try to do right by each other, no matter the motivation, says New Scientific Study. Now, let's jump into the episode with some uh, early life facts, I guess. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our amazing sponsors, Knockback. Knockback is a creative video game designed for one to four people in which you attempt to get rid of zombies. As the owner says it, Knockback is a physics sandbox that challenges you to ask yourself, how many ways can I destroy the zombies? Go ahead, play with fire. Throw them into a building or smash them with a log rolling down a hill. Want to suck the zombies into a tight ball and zap them with lightning? You can do that. Rain down sticky stones of fire onto their heads? Got you covered. Hit him with a giant rolling stone that bowls down on the baddies. Go for it. Knockback is a wonderful game that my family has enjoyed learning about during its creation process. It's truly exciting to play and experiment with. Plus, it is always developing and changing. Knockback is an early access game, so you're encouraged to watch it grow. It runs smoothly and is always being updated to add new components that may spark your interest. One thing that's really cool, I think, is just that the creativity, there's like no limits. And I think that's a really important um, just part of a video game is you want to not have your creativity stifled. And Knockback does a great job of not doing that. So now, get out there and stick a snail snot rock onto an unsuspecting zombie chin. Visit their Facebook page at Knockback Game. That's spelled K-N-O-C-K-B-A-C-K Game, G-A-M-E. Uh, I sure hope you know how to spell that. And install Knockback now at Steam's store, and that that link will be in the description box below. Thank you, and go check out this wonderful game and opportunity. Alright, so now we're going to go into basically a crash course of just some basic stuff about Gloria Steinem. 
She was born on March 25, 1934, and grew up in Toledo, Ohio. She lived in a trailer with her family. Um, some important, well, an important role model would be her paternal grandmother, Pauline Perlmutter Steinem. What a fun name. Um, and Wikipedia says she was chairwoman of the Educational Committee of the National Women's Suffrage Association, a delegate to the 1908 International Council of Women, and the first woman to be elected to the Toledo Board of Education, as well as a leader in the movement for vocational education. Pauline also rescued many members of her family from the Holocaust because her father's side of the family was Jewish. Um, so before Gloria was born, and this was probably one of her shaping events, her mother, Ruth, who was then age 34, and this is according to Wikipedia, had a nervous breakdown, which left her an invalid, trapped in delusional fantasies that occasionally turned violent. She changed from an energetic, fun-loving, book-loving woman to someone who was afraid to be alone, who would not hang on to reality long enough to hold a job, and who would rarely concentrate enough to read a book. Ruth spent long periods in and out of sanatoriums for the mentally ill. Steinem was 10 years old when her parents finally separated in 1944. Her father went to California to find work where she and, while she and her mother continued to live together in Toledo. Years later, Steinem described her mother's experience as pivotal to her understanding of social injustices. These perspectives uh, convinced Steinem that women lacked social and political equality. So not only did her parents' divorce help shape her, um, in 1957, Steinem had an abortion. The procedure was performed by Dr. John Sharp, a British physician, when abortion was still illegal. Years later, Steinem dedicated her memoir, My Life on the Road, which she wrote in 2015, to him. She wrote, Dr. John Sharp of London, who in 1957, a decade before physicians in England could legally perform an abortion for any reason other than the health of the woman, took the considerable risk of referring for an abortion a 22-year-old American on her way home or on her way to India. Knowing only that she had broken an engagement at home to seek an unknown fate, he said, you must promise me two things. First, you will not tell anyone my name. Second, you will do what you want to do with your life. So um, that was like her early life and what shaped her. And then her first job she got was journaling. Um, she was really into journalism, and that's honestly what got her involved in the women's movement in the long run, I think. So, um, let me pull up this link and read a little bit about this experience. Alrighty. So, she, um, worked at Esquire, uh, first, and according to Wikipedia, Esquire magazine features editor Clay Felker, yeah, Felker, given freelance writer Steinem what she later called her first serious assignment regarding contraception. He didn't like her first draft and had her rewrite the article. Her resulting 1962 article about the way in which women are forced to choose between a career and marriage preceded Betty Friedan's book, The Feminine Mystique, by one year. In 1969, she covered an abortion speak-out for New York Magazine, who, uh, which was held in a church basement of Greenwich Village, New York. Steinem had an abortion herself in London at the age of 22, which we already discussed. She felt what she called a big click at the speak-out and later said she didn't begin my life as an active feminist until that day. As she recalled, it, a meaning abortion, is supposed to make us a bad person. But I must say, I never felt that. I used to sit and try and figure out how old the child would be, trying to get, make myself feel guilty, but I never could. 
I think the person who said, honey, if men could get pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament was right. Speaking for myself, I knew it was the first time I had taken responsibility for my own life. I wasn't going to let things happen to me. I was going to direct my life and therefore it felt positive. But still, I didn't tell anyone. Because I knew out there it wasn't positive. She also said, in later years, if I'm remembered at all, it will be for inventing a phrase like reproductive freedom as a phrase that includes the freedom to have children or not to. So it makes it possible for us to make a coalition. And then in 1978, Steinem wrote a semi-satrical, I'm not sure to say that word, essay for Cosmopolitan titled If Men Could Menstruate, in which she imagined a world where men menstruate instead of women. She concluded in the essay that in such a world, menstruation would became would become a badge of honor with men, comparing their rela- relative sufferings rather than the source of shame that it had been for women. On March 22, 1998, and this is a lot later, of course, but Steinem published a co-op in the New York Times called Feminists and the Clinton Question, in which, without actually challenging accounts by Bill Clinton's accusers, she claimed they did not represent sexual harassment. This was criticized by various writers, as in the Harvard, Crimson, and in the Times itself. In 2017, Steinem, um, in an interview with the British newspaper The Guardian, stood by her 1998 New York Times uh, op-ed, but also claimed, I wouldn't write the same thing now. And then, um, this is pretty important and key in her story. In 1972, she founded... Uh, she co-founded Miss Magazine and remained one of its editors for 15 years, and this information is taken from her own website. She continues to serve as a consulting editor for Ms. and was instrumental in the magazine's move to join and be published by the, by the Feminist Majority Foundation. In 1968, she had helped to found New York Magazine, where she was political columnist and wrote feature articles. As a freelance writer, she was published in Esquire, the New York Times Magazine, and women's magazines as well as publications in other countries. She has produced and uh, a documentary on child abuse for HBO, a feature film about the death penalty for Lifetime, and been the subject of profiles on Lifetime and Showtime. Um, and now activism we're going to talk about, probably the most important part of her life, of course. Um, so first we'll read like the Wikipedia quote and then we'll read from her perspective on her activism. In 1959, Steinem led a group of activists in Cambridge, Massachusetts to organize the Independent Service for Information on the Vienna Festival to advocate for American participation in the World Youth Festival, a Soviet-sponsored youth event. In 1968, Steinem signed the Writers and Editors War Tax Protest Pledge, vowing to refuse tax payments in protest against the Vietnam War. In 1969, she published an article, After Black Power, Women's Liberation, which brought her to national fame as a feminist leader. As such, she campaigned for the Equal Rights Amendment, testifying uh, before the Senate, Senate Judiciary Committee in its favor in 1970. That same year, she published her essay on a utopia of gender equality, what what it would be like if women win, in Time magazine. On July 10th, 1971, Steinem was one of over 300 women who founded the National Women's Political Caucus, the NWPC, including such notables as Bella Abzug, uh, Betty Friedan, Shirley Chisholm, and Merle Evers-Williams. As a co-convener of the caucus, she delivered the speech addressed to the woman of American, stating in part, "There, this is no simple reform. It really is a revolution. 
Sex and race, because they are easy and visible differences, have been the primary ways of organizing human beings into superior and inferior groups and into the cheap labor on which the system still depends. We are talking about a society in which there will be no roles other than those chosen or those earned. We are really talking about humanism. In 1972, she ran as a delegate for Shirley Chisholm in New York, but lost. In March 1973, she addressed the first national conference of stewardess for women's rights, which she continued to support throughout its existence. Stewardess for women's rights folded in the spring of 1976. Despite her influence in the feminist movement, Steinem also earned criticism from some feminists as well, who questioned whether she was committed to the movement or using it to promote her glamorous image. The Red Stockings also singled her out for agreeing to cooperate with the CIA-backed Independent Research Service. It was also acknowledged that Steinem worked as a CIA agent when this operation was taking place. Steinem, who grew up reading Wonder Woman comics, was also a key player in the restoration of Wonder Woman's powers and traditional costume, which were restored in issue number 204. Um, Steinem offended that the Steinem offended that the most key female superhero had been depowered, had placed Wonder Woman in costume on the cover of the first issue of Ms. Magazine. Um, and Warner Communications, DC Comics owner, was an investor who also contained an appreciative essay about the character. In 1976, the first woman-only Passover uh, cedar was held in Esther M. Broner's New York City apartment and led by Broner with 13 women attending, including Steinem. In 1977, Steinem became an associate of the Women's Institute for Freedom of the Press. Um, WIFP, uh, wait, what's the WIFP is an American nonprofit publishing organization. The organization works to increase communication between women and connect the public with forms of women-based media. In 1984, Steinem was arrested along with a number of members of the Congress and civil rights activists for disorderly conduct outside the South, A South African embassy while protesting against the South African apartheid system. Yikes. At the outset of the Gulf War in 1991, Steinem, along with prominent feminists Robin, Mar Robin, Mar Morgan, Robin Morgan and Kate Millett, publicly opposed an incursion um, into the Middle East and asserted that obstinate goal of defending democracy was a pretense. During the Clarence Thomas sexual harassment scandal in 1991, Steinem voiced strong support for Anita Hill and suggested that one day Hill herself would sit on the Supreme Court. In 1993, Steinem co-produced and narrated an Emmy Award-winning TV documentary for HBO about child abuse called Multiple Personalities, The Search for Deadly Memories. Also in 1993, she and Rosalind Heller co-produced an original TV movie for Lifetime, Better Off Dead, which examined the parallel forces that, were, that both oppose abortion and support the death penalty. She, uh, she contributed the piece, The Media and the Movement, A User's Guide to the 2003 anthology, Sisterhood is Forever, The Woman's Anthology for a New Millennium, edited by Robin Morgan. On June 1st, 2013, Steinem performed on stage at the Chime for Change, the Sound of Change live concert at Twickenham Stadium in London, England. Later in 2014, UN Women began its commemoration for the 20th anniversary of the Fourth World Conference on Women, and as part of that campaign, Steinem and others spoke at the Apollo Theater in New York City. Chime for Change was founded by Gucci, 
focusing on using innovative approaches to raise funds and awareness, especially regarding girls and women. Steinem has stated, I think the fact that I've become a symbol for the women's movement is somewhat accidental. A woman member of Congress, for example, might be identified as a member of Congress. I don't think that she's any less of a feminist, but she's identified by her nearest male analog. Well, I don't have a male analog, so the press has to identify me with the movement. I suppose I could be referred to as a journalist, but because Ms. is a big part of the movement and not just a typical magazine, I'm more likely to be identified with the movement. There's no other slot to put me in. Contrary to popular belief, Steinem did not coin the feminist slogan, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, although she helped popularize it. The phrase is actually attributable to Irina Dunn. What a hard word. I don't know how to say that. When Time Magazine published an article about or attributing the saying to Steinem, Steinem wrote a letter saying the phrase had been coined by Dunn. Another phrase sometimes wrongly attributed to Steinem is, if men could get pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament. Steinem herself attributed to an old Irish woman taxi driver in Boston, whom she said uh, she and Florence Kennedy met. As for 2015, she joined the 30 leading international women peacemakers and became an honorary co-chairwoman of 2015 Women's Walk for Peace in Korea with Mermaid Maguire. The group's main goal is to advocate disarmament and seek Korea's reunification. It will uh, be holding international peace symposiums both in Pyongyang and Seoul, I'm sorry if I'm saying these wrong, in which women from both North Korea and South Korea can share experiences and ideas of mobilizing women to stop the Korean crisis. The group's specific hope is to walk across the two-mile-wide Korean demilitarized zone that separates North Korea and South Korea, which is meant to be a symbolic action for peace in the Korean Peninsula suffering for 70 years after its division at the end of World War II. It is believed that the role of women in this act would help and support the reunification of family members divided by the split prolonged for 70 years. She is also the chair of the advisory board um, of Apni App Women Worldwide, an organization fighting sex trafficking and intergenerational prostitution in, in India, founded by Ruchira Gupta. She has also written extensively on her travels, experiences with women, and the Indian feminist movement with her colleague and friend, Ruchira Gupta. Same woman. Alrighty. Whew, that was long, I know. Um, so now I'm going to read her take on her life, which is not as long. In 1972, she co-founded Miss Magazine, which we already talked about, and remained one of its editors for 15 years. And we, so we already talked about that. Sorry, I have to skip that. Okay, Ms. Steinem helped to found the Women's Action Alliance, a pioneering national information center that specialized in non-sexist, multiracial ch children's education, and the National Women's Political Caucus, a group that continues to work to advance the numbers of pro-equality women in elected and appointed office at a national and state level. She also co-founded the Women's Media Center in 2004. She was president and co-founder of Voters for Choice, a pro-choice political action committee for 25 years, then with the planned Parenthood Action Fund when it merged with VFC for the 2004 elections. She was also co-founder and serves on the board of Choice USA, now Urge, a national organization that supports young pro-choice leadership and works to preserve comprehensive sex education in schools. She is the founding president of the Ms. Foundation for Women, a national multiracial, multi-issue fund that supports grassroots project to empower women and girls in 
also a founder of its Take Our Daughters to Work Day, a first national day devoted to girls that has now become an institution here and in other countries. She was a member of the Beyond Racism Initiative, a three-year effort on the part of activists and experts from South America, or South Africa, sorry, Brazil and the United States to compare the racial patterns of those three countries and learn cross-nationally. She works for the Sophia Smith Collection at Smith College on documenting the grassroots origin of the U.S. women's movement and on a Center for Organizers in tribute to Wilma Mankiller, Principal Chief of the Cherokee Nation. As links to other countries, she helped found Equality Now, Donor Direct Action, and Direct Impact Africa. As a writer, Ms. Steinem has received the Penny Missouri Journalism Award, the Front Page and Clarion Awards, National Magazine Awards, an Emmy Citation for Excellence in Television Writing, the Women's Sports Journalism Award, and the Lifetime Achievement in Journalism Award from the Society of Professional Journalists, the Society of Writers Award from the United Nations, the James Weldon Johnson Medal for Journalism, the University of Missouri School of Journalism Award for Distinguished Service in Journalism, and the 2015 Richard C. Hallbrook Distinguished Achievement Award. In addition to her bestsellers, her writing also appears in many anthologies and textbooks, and she was an editor of Hofton Mifflin's The Reader's Companion to U.S. Women's History. Ms. Steinem, um... So, obviously, she's done a ton, um, but more about other things she's done to help uh, movements. She's graduated uh, Phi Beta Kappa from Smith College in 1956 and then spent two years in India on a Chester Bowles Fellowship. She also wrote for Indian publications and was influenced by Gandhian activism. She also received the first Doctorate of Human Justice awarded by Simmons College, the Bill of Rights Award from the American Civil Liberties Union of South, Southern California, the National Gay Rights Advocates Award, the Liberty Award of Lambda Legal Defense and Education Fund, the Ceres Medal from the United Nations, and a number of honorary degrees. Per, uh, Parenting Magazine selected her for its Lifetime Achievement Award in 1995 for her work in promoting girls' self-esteem, and Biography Magazine listed her as one of the 25 mo- most influential women in America. In 1993, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in Seneca Falls, New York. In 2014, she received the Eleanor Roosevelt Val Kill Medal Award, and in 2013, President Obama awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honor. Rutgers University is now creating the Gloria Steinem Endowed Chair in Media, Culture, and Feminist Studies. In 1993, her concern with child abuse led her to co-produce and narrate an Emmy Award-winning TV show, which we already watched, um, in The Better Off Dead. She is also host and executive producer of the Emmy-nominated Vice series, Woman. Gloria has been the subject of three television documentaries, including HBO's Gloria, in her own words, and she is among the subjects of the 2013 PBS documentary Makers, a continuing project to record the woman who made America. She was the subject of The Education of a Woman, a biography written by Carolyn Heilbrunn. Whew, a lot of information, I know. So it sounds like she was pretty awesome, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I mean, she won so many things, and she got involved. And really, she she just put herself out there, and that's great. I'm so here for it. Um, and so, basically, I have to scroll past all of her awards. But she made a really big difference in the ERA, which unfortunately was not uh, ratified. But now, 
Um, it has been ratified by 38 states. The government has not ignored the deadline. We're just going to talk about that in a later episode. Let's not go into it. But she is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, thank you guys for listening and for being interested in someone who is as influential in the world as her. That's it. I hope you liked listening to this episode and learned something. Thank you so much to Glory Steinem for killing it and doing stuff. I appreciate it. If you like this podcast, please support us with monthly donations. It helps us get new equipment and improve our overall episodes. Every penny counts. Another way to help us out is writing us a review. Almost every streaming platform that we are on allows you to review our podcast, and it's really needed for us to get the word out there. It's strongly appreciated. Also, please share this podcast with one person. If you all continue to share it, we will be more well-known. The last and most novel thing you can do to support us is buy some of our merchandise. We recently launched merch with Boomer on it. It's pretty cute. Um, We do get a commission, so we would really appreciate every single purchase. Join us on Thursday for an episode about schizophrenia. If you have any questions, you can send us voice messages on our website. Go follow us on our socials at quarantine.pod on Instagram and Facebook and at quarantine P, capital QMP, on Twitter and quarantine on YouTube. And I think it's quarantine podcast on Pinterest to get the newest information. Subscribe to our mailing list by making an account on our website, which is linked in the description. We are also now on the Wix app and you can see any updates there as well. Thank you so much for listening and join us on Thursday or Tuesday. A special thanks to Knockback and Anchor for sponsoring the podcast and Wix for the amazing website creation tools. Also, thank you to our many streaming platforms. I recently distributed Quarantine to many more, so deep breath. Acast, Alltop, Apple Podcasts, Audioburst, Anchor, Breaker, Bullhorn, Castbox, Deezer, Fid, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, iHeartRadio, Listen App, Listen Notes, Mahalan, Overcast, Player FM, Plex, Pocket Casts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Podcast Land, Podcast Republic, Podchaser, Radio Public, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Thank you.